the Fail On Podcast, episode 015. Instead of a bucket list, I call it a life on fire list. You know, I've got, you know, doing that men's physique contest, and then I'm going to do other things. You know, I want to learn how to play the guitar, be a black belt. Like, I will continue to do these crazy things because it's just, you feel alive, you know, and you only get one shot at life. Welcome to the Fail On Podcast, where we explore the hardships and obstacles today's industry leaders face on their journey to the top of their fields through careful insight and thoughtful conversation. By embracing failure, we'll show you how to build momentum without being consumed by the result. Now, please welcome your host, Rob Nunnery. Hey there, and welcome to the show that believes you are destined for more and that failing your way to an inspired life is the only way to get there. Today, we are sitting down with Nick Unsworth. He's an entrepreneur, author, speaker, and founder of Life on Fire. Through Life on Fire, Nick helps teach ambitious entrepreneurs how to make more money and work less doing work they actually love. We'll be discussing the best first step in taking the leap into business, pitfalls and struggles along his journey, and how you can avoid his mistakes. And you'll learn Nick's four-step coaching process that leads to mastery of any subject. But first, if you'd like to stay up to date on all the Fail On podcast interviews and key takeaways from each guest, simply go to failon.com and sign up for our newsletter at the bottom of the page. That's failon.com. All right, welcome to the show. Today, we have Nick Unsworth. He's a high-performance coach, international speaker, and best-selling author. As CEO of LifeOnFire.com, Nick's mission is to help you love what you do for work, relentlessly pursue your passions, and live the dream. Nick sold a business by 30 years old, coached over 2,500 people, and has consulted clients including Damon John from Shark Tank, Mark Devine from NavySeals.com, Keller Williams Real Estate, Safeco Insurance, and many more. Nick, brother, welcome to the show. Awesome. Well, thank you. Fired up to be here. Awesome. So to hop right into it, as a high-performance coach, you've worked with obviously very successful individuals as well as individuals probably just getting started out on their journey. What's a commonality that you've seen in your clients and students that have achieved high levels of success? So people who take off fast or people that just create the success hands down, hands, hands, hands down. They're the ones that are just, they're just relentless. They're relentless with their action and they're just taking fast action. And I like to call it fast, imperfect action because, you know, it's like so many people just, just try and think of what to do and they try and like make it perfect before they start. And it's, and it's just so paralyzing and it takes so much time and you will never guess you'll, you can never speculate the right product launch, the perfect product. You just got to get out and you got to get it's trial error, it's iterations, it's quick pivots and it's freaking action. And so the ones that are just, that are coachable. So I guess it's two things. One is the fast action and two, they're just coachable. They're willing to listen to people who have done it. Gotcha. So for people that actually don't have a coach or don't have a coach yet that are sitting at home or maybe have a job and they're, they want to get something started. They just don't know what that business idea is. They don't know how to start or what to do. What advice would you give to that person? I would do whatever you have to do, whatever you need to do to get the right coach. And here's why, because 
if you're finding yourself in a scenario where you're listening to a lot of podcasts, maybe you're watching webinars, maybe you're buying courses, you know, you're going to events. So that's kind of like a progression. It kind of starts with, you know, listening to a podcast and then it moves to maybe you buy a course then you get, get a book, you get to an event. Next, you know, you're spending money, but you're not really moving. And you go from being the spectator that's just kind of watching or listening and seeing other people have success. And it kind of like it inspires you, it excites you, but in in some ways, in some cases, it kind of pisses you off. Like maybe you hear the person that has the podcast and you're like, I could do it better than them or, you know, but there's, there's like these phases before you get started. And what I found after coaching and teaching many, many, many people on how to clarify their life vision is that it is very difficult to just do it in your own strength. And when you try and just keep doing it all alone, it's just, it's hard to identify because you're in your head. You're not, you know, as an outsider, I can sit down with someone for 30 minutes. And by the end of that conversation, we know where they're going. We know their next action. We know how to get them into business. So I would say whatever you got to do to get resourceful, to hire the right coach that can help you get clear on the vision. Because when you've got the vision of where you want to go, Taking the action isn't, it actually isn't the problem. People can't take action because they don't know what action to take. So once you get the vision of where you're going, it's like it all of a sudden you go from like being stuck, overwhelmed, pushing and pushing and pushing in life to like, it's like someone just busted through a dam. You know, you're just like, it's like being pulled through life and you're fired up. You're waking up early, you're taking action. So that for me is, is huge. And so of course, you know, people may view that and say, well, of course he says that, you know, he's a coach, (laughs) he's probably trying to sell me, but here's the thing, dude, I am a coach because that's what a coach did for me. And it changed my life so much that I said, this is now my new life vision. Like, this is what I'm going to do. Like it was so, so powerful and changed my life. It helped me build and sell a company. And then since then I said, you know what? I actually want to do what this guy did for me. So I was a user first, you know, so. And obviously there's, you know, mentorship's a huge, a huge deal in terms of finding success, going through, you know, going through somebody that's hit all of those roadblocks along the way already themselves so they can help navigate and speed up the learning curve for you. What would you say getting like a free mentor, pursuing a free mentor versus going with a paid coach? What are the pros and cons there? Yeah. I mean, you know, I I would say it's a progression. So, you know, there's a lot of great information out there. There's, I mean, you know, there's a lot of great podcasts like yours, you know, there's a, there's a lot of good, there's a lot of content out there. It's just, you know, what action are you taking on that content? Now, when we think about, so that to me is a step in the progression. Now, as as far as like, you know, working with someone for free, you just have to keep in mind that, you know, we're talking about your life here, you know, and if you work with a coach, that isn't qualified, or maybe they're doing it for free. Well, they're probably not a coach that's been doing it for very long, you know, unless they're like super successful and they just love you. They want to just like mentor you for free. I mean, if you're in a scenario like that, that can be amazing. But here's the thing. It's all about where has that person been? Do they have the values that you have? And do they have the life that you want? You know, there's tons of coaches that ruthlessly make a ton of money, but I don't want anything to do with them right? Because I don't want to just make money. I want to make a difference. I want to have free time and hang out with my wife and my child that we just had. Like I'm not in this business to be this workhorse workaholic that just like 
you know, puts myself into the ground by just grinding, you know, eight hours a day and quote hustling. It's like, I have, that, that's not what I want to do. Now I will outwork many, many, many people. So I, I am a workhorse for sure. But I want, you know, you want to have a coach that's got the life that you want. That to me is super important. And you know what? Oftentimes that person, if you're lucky and maybe you, you know, it's a relative or a family member, hey, if you can get a free mentorship, you know, like, for example, like Damon John from Shark Tank, he's done some free mentorship for us, you know, some consulting for us because we added value for him. That's incredible, right? It's exactly he, what I was going to say. It's, you know, that free mentorship's not actually free, right? It's free in the sense that there's no money exchanging hands, but there has yeah. to be a value add on both sides, right? Exactly, exactly. And so, but it's like the ultimate decision factor comes down to, do they have the life that you want and are they qualified? Because if you're catching free advice from like, you know, someone that just bought a course online about how to be a life coach, <laughs> you know, <laughs> sure. you're playing with like very dangerous fireworks that like the fuse is so small it will instantly blow up because the last thing you want is to confuse your life or have someone that doesn't know what they're doing point you in the wrong direction. And on that note, it's shocking how many life coach certifications, business coach certifications there are that people have access to get without having any actual business experience. It's, it's actually nuts. It really is. And I think at some point there's going to be a regulation that comes in because one knucklehead is going to give someone some advice and there's going to be a, a suicide or who knows what. And someone's going to come in and clean it up because what's happening is that marketing online, if you market a business opportunity, it's way easier to make money and marketers have figured that out. So you've got these people with zero qualifications, zero results and experience and all these people are becoming life coaches in it. I mean, it irks me especially good because I put in the work, you know, I put in the money I invested in myself and I, I've been through so many different types of legit trainings and have all these classifications and certifications. And we have hundreds of success stories. And then you get these yokels that are out there just like, I bought a course for 30 bucks. And, you know, as a coach, hey, you know, that same phenomenon, you got to figure, you know, shoot, when I was a realtor, I experienced that and I, not to knock on realtors, but the hardest part of my job as a realtor was dealing with realtors because my commission, my livelihood was contingent upon me doing a deal with another realtor. And if that realtor had no education that somehow fogged a mirror and got a real estate license, the problem was that what if they don't call you back? You know, what if your client's like, Hey Nick, we put an offer four days ago. Where's it at? The other realtor just hasn't called me back in four days. You know, I've called their office. I've called their cell phone. I've emailed them. Like, that's the kind of stuff that you get into. So every industry is plagued by it. It's really just got to be heads up. You got to trust your gut and you got to, you know, go with someone that has references, call those references, you know, do your diligence because it's your life you're talking about. Totally. And even outside the actual certifications and stuff like that, you've, you know, there's nothing better than actual real world experience and failures and having been through the battles and journeys. And I know it hasn't been a completely smooth journey for you, nor I don't think it's been a very smooth journey for, you know, a perfect elker for anybody that's found success. There's always, you know, I always see that little graph in social media that shows mm -hmm. an entrepreneur's road to success. And it's like a bunch of circles and squiggly lines because there's no straight line to it. But with that said, Let's go back to what you would consider your very first failure in the world of entrepreneurship. What was it? How did it happen? Man, there's literally so many. Let me think of my first one. You know, so first failure, I would say that was 
when I was in network marketing. So I sold telecom. So this was back in 2000. Let's see, this would be 2002. And so 2002, cell phones were actually like brand new. Like I had just gotten a cell phone. I mean, it was pretty recent, you know, and and so part of this failure had to do with timing. Part of it had to do with not trusting my gut. Part of it had to do with being naive, you know, and and people BSing an industry and hyping things up and me being young and excited and susceptible. So what happened was, you know, I always had this dream of being financially free and, you know, having time freedom and making a difference. So I just, I've been always, my whole life been always obsessed with like, you know, for with what's my purpose, you know, and. And when this guy, you know, who I'd really trusted showed me network marketing and was like, Hey, you can, you know, you can retire in five years, you know, you recruit three people and they get three people and they get three people, you know, you build this whole thing out. And, and so long story short is I just saw it as a vehicle that was different than a typical work, 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 you know, for a corporation retire at 65. So I just went all in. The more people told me that it was a bad idea the more fired up I got. It was like crazy. What psychologists call reverse polarity. So the more someone says Nick can't do it, the more (laughs) fire I get to do it. It's hilarious. It's crazy. You know, so like my wife motivated me doing a fitness competition that I had no desire to do (laughs) by saying, you know, you probably couldn't do that. This is probably no way. You probably wouldn't have the guts for it. And I'm like, oh yeah, (laughs) signed up. You know, so I got really excited about this thing. And you know, everyone told me no. I got going. Long story short is despite some very, very difficult challenges getting started, I ended up breaking the company record for getting to the regional director, top 25% of the company. It was a $2 billion telecom company. So I'll, I'll do a couple quick red flag moments, which was number one is, you know, the whole, is it too good to be true? People talking about big money, you know, flaunting cars and money, rich people who are really rich. They don't do that stuff. It's the people that flaunt the stuff are the ones who actually rarely have it. You know what I mean? And, and so I I was just naive and I got into it, you know, ended up following the model, you know, going out and leasing a M3 BMW for 50 grand and, you know, just started taking on crazy expenses. I was always financially responsible my whole life. And then I just went, I just got wrapped up in it. So I'm living in this townhouse, you know, house, I'm 21 years old. My expenses are crazy. Um, you know, recruiting kids on the college campus. I've got all it, crazy, you know, set the company record for this company. Other red flag is that yes, the industry for telecom was very exciting because it used to be regulated with with Ma Bell and, and, and the different bells. They got deregulated. So Excel came in and I mean, they became a $2 billion company quicker than Microsoft. And so, but I missed that boom. I caught the story, <laughs> you know, I heard about it, but I, I actually missed the boom and I got in on the tail end. And when I got in, we were still selling local and long distance service to people that were starting to use cell phones, you know? So when all the kids at college were getting apartments, they're like, ah, I'm just going to use a cell phone. I don't need a home phone. So my product sucked, you know? So here I, we had to get products, but we were recruiting people. Just a quick fast forward is you know, the, the product just wasn't good. You know, you got to have a good product. And so it, it was more about the hype, you know, and so I graduate, I turn down jobs, I go all in, I'm making some decent money, I'm building a big team, I'm inspiring other kids to do this with me. And sure enough, the company files for bankruptcy unexpectedly after their annual convention. 
And it devastated me. So my reputation was at stake, right? I mean, I had so many college kids that, you know, when they signed up for 400 bucks, they put their faith in me, right? Like that this thing was legit. And so I ended up having to, you know, to dig into my pocket and I gave as many people as I could their money back because the company wouldn't, the people that I just signed up. So I went from making money to being quickly, you know, 30 grand into debt. Then I've got this car payment and this in this townhouse payment. And I mean, I went so far negative, so close to bankruptcy. And imagine all the people like, you know, saying, I told you so. Like, imagine the humiliation, the shame, like all these different factors from it. And it was my whole world, like just lit, like get, get flipped upside down. I mean, I had so much trust for these people in the organization and it really sucked. I mean, it was really bad. You know, fortunately, the only thing you can do in that scenario is, you know, you can quit, you can be a victim of your circumstance, or you can just literally just decide. You just choose to say that there's a blessing in disguise here. Like there's something I'm going to learn from this. I know it hurts so bad right now. And I, will, I may not discover what the silver lining is for another year. But there's something. There's a reason why, you know, God or, or the universe, whatever you believe, why this is in my life and why I had to experience this. And what's so crazy is I adopted that mentality you know, and it led me to my next move, you know, to my next business. You were, and actually, like, you were actually able to have that that self-awareness at that time and that moment when you were just getting drained of all your money to Oh yeah. To think that like there's gotta be a there's gotta be a next step. There's gotta be a lesson here that you have to take. I had to, man, because if if I didn't, it was so bad. I mean, just financially, like, you know, think about, you know, sleepless nights. I mean, literally not being able to sleep because it's like, well, how am I going to eat? I mean, how am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to, and I've never been late on a payment. I've never, my credit score is freaking flawless. So all through that pain, and I've had multiple experiences like that, you know, the only thing you can do is you can, the only thing you can do is trust and believe in yourself and know that, you know, and to choose the positive. I mean, it, it, and that's the thing is when you choose the positive as much as it sucks and as hard as it is, and it sounds so like simple and cheesy, like, oh yeah, just choose the positive. But when you really get in the state of mind that, that this is so big and so much fear and so much pain that I just believed that there's even that much greater blessing on the other side of that. And I was just excited about that. Even though I had no clue what it was, that's what I clung on to, that hope. That's a serious lesson learned. How old were you at that time? So by the time it went bust, I was, let's see, I think 22 after I graduated. So that was 04. Oh, so you're still, you're still pretty young. Yeah. Yep. Gotcha. So also on the topic of failure, fail on is the mantra we live by here with the idea being that if you're not failing, you're not growing. So how do you force yourself to get out of your comfort zone on a day-to-day, -day, but overall as well? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that when you become aware that the life that you want is a result of courageous decisions to be uncomfortable. And I love that you bring this up, right? And, and, you know, it's become a, you know, a lot of people talking about comfort zone, but when you really connect the dots in your mind, that all the things that you want and desire, and like, you know, if you want to help people and build a legacy and all these cool things, it's like this realization where you just wake up one day and you realize that, you know, I've got to actually learn to enjoy being uncomfortable. And what I find, and so why, you know, my company is called Life on Fire is, is our whole mission, much like yours is, is to shift our mindset in a way where we are uncomfortable 
being comfortable, like a, a complete flip, like the opposite of what the reality is for 99.9% of people. So I don't feel like I'm living. I feel like I'm dead inside, like I'm settling, like I'm being average, like I'm playing small, like I'm going to meet my creator one day and just be like filled with regret because I didn't live out my potential and these possibilities. And it sounds like hardcore, but when you think about it, there's no zest of life like playing it safe or small. And all it takes is you've got to condition yourself. So it takes a lot of practice, you know, it just takes time and it takes repetition and takes a lot of, you know, consistent action. But when you, you know, condition yourself that it's actually fun being outside your comfort zone, you know, we're not playing with hand grenades or Russian roulette, like, like, <laughs> well, hopefully you know, not. well, for yeah, I know. Right. Like, like me signing up for this men's physique fitness competition, that's the furthest thing I could have picked outside my comfort zone to get my health in check. Right. But I, I had a reason why, because the doctor gave me some really bad news that was like very bad. I mean, stuff you shouldn't hear, you know, at, at, at 35 years old. And I had to do something about it. So I spent two years, you know, trying diets and nothing worked. So, you know, when my wife said, you know, you should do this and you probably won't do it. And I said, oh, heck yeah, I will. It's <laughs> the reason I chose that is because the last thing I've ever pictured myself doing is being spray tanned orange and being on the stage flexing, <laughs> flexing in front of people. I've never, I'm not that kind of guy, but it's so uncomfortable. It's so outrageous. And I had so much fear that I've trained my mind that when I experienced that much fear, it's literally, it's like a flashing light to me. It's as clear as a flashing light bulb. That's like, that's why you need to do this because you're going to grow so much. And it's not even about the abs. It's not about any of that or the competition and all that. It's going to help you annihilate it even more with life on fire. You're going to inspire so many people, right? To go for it and, you know, live out their dreams. And so, you know, it's, so for me, the, the uncomfortableness or the fear, I've just reframed it. You know, the more I experience, well, it's like, sweet, I better do that. And now it's like, you know, I, I, instead of a bucket list, I call it a life on fire list. You know, I've got, you know, doing that men's physique contest and then I'm going to do other things. You know, I want to learn how to play the guitar, be a black belt. Like I will continue to do these crazy things because it's just, you feel alive, you know, and you only get one oh, shot at life. So that's amazing, man. You really, you really embody the fail on mentality that we have here. So I really, I really <laughs> I got a lot it. of them, dude. Oh man. I've got 11 big time business failures and then, I mean, plenty more outside of that, but yeah, you, it couldn't be better timing, man, for us to be talking because I've, I've had my share. And on that note of the physique contest, I love that, you know, we talked a little bit before the show that the first thing you did after you said, I'm going to do this is what'd you do? You got a coach, right? And then you got on a plan and then you stuck to it. So you know, you're living what you preach. So I appreciate that. Totally. Yeah. And just real quick is, is it all comes down to five simple steps that I teach. It's vision starts with that. Then you publicly declare what you're going to do because now you're hooked in and you've got an audience of people that are, are watching. So now you have to do it. It also attracts resources. Then you write a letter to yourself as if it's already been accomplished, which is a vi visualization technique, which is has lots of proof and reasons why that works. Then you resource up because who you are today is not the person that's going to get what it is that you want. You've got to be You've got to step into a new you to like achieve what it is that you want. So getting a coach or reading the right book or, you know, resourcing up. Then the last one is every day you got to choose faith over fear. Oh, I love that. I love that. And I know you, I know you've got a, you've got a run here. You've got a pretty hard stop, but how can our listeners learn more about you as well as where can they find you? 
Yeah, totally. So lifeonfire.com. So we've got all kinds of cool, you know, free content. We've got Life on Fire TV as a podcast, YouTube show, and it's a lot of resources. So I spend a lot of time and energy helping and giving because, you know, some folks that hire us, I, I, of course, that's, you know, that's great. But we have a much bigger vision than just having, you know, the clients that hire us. We just love sharing what we're learning, what we're doing. So we'll hook you up there. And then I've got all kinds of fun, just crazy things going on on, on my personal Facebook. So just on Facebook, just friend me up. Just Nick Unsworth there. And it's an adventure, man. So so buckle your seatbelt. <laughs> I love it. Thanks so much for joining us today. And we'll catch you next time. Awesome. Appreciate it, man. See you guys. All right, all right. So you can find Nick at lifeonfire.com. He's at Nick Unsworth on the Twitters. That's at Nick Unsworth. And of course, all the links and resources Nick and I discussed, including more information on his company, Life on Fire, can be found at the page created especially for this episode. You will find it all at failon.com slash 015. And next episode, we are sitting down with John Goodman. John's done an absolutely incredible job in the fitness industry, helping trainers create leverage so they're no longer trading time for money. Hugely, hugely valuable lessons on that transition going from an hourly rate or a salary to writing your own check, basically. So a show you absolutely don't want to miss and need to listen in on. And as I continue to build this project with the simple goal of getting people to once and for all decide that they're going to fail their way to creating an inspired life, if you could do one thing to support the cause, I'd be ever so grateful. When you click the subscribe button and leave a rating and quick review, this allows the podcast to simply be visible to more people and spread a message that I feel deeply about. To rate and review the podcast, just visit failon.com slash iTunes or failon.com slash Stitcher. That's all for this episode of the Fail On Podcast. For more resources, show notes, and action items to help you find success in your failures, sign up for our mailing list at failon.com. For more actionable inspiration, we'll catch you next time right here on the Fail On Podcast.